change of plans. Here we are, Western Conference. Now, today was a big day for the Western Conference. A lot came down to today, and a lot is impacted by today's events, which will – which one do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about the Clippers winning out their last couple of games and securing a first-round matchup with the Phoenix Suns? Or would you rather talk about whatever the hell happened in Minnesota, which we now know a lot more about after midnight – Sunday night, Monday morning than we did this afternoon. So I'll preface anything I say about the West with the fact that I don't watch too much Western Conference basketball because I'm two hours ahead. So I very rarely actually watch a West game from start to finish. Makes such a big difference. Right. It really does. Either way, though, all I know is that the middle, I think it was like after the four seed from five to like 10, it was just a clusterfuck as Kyrie would describe it of scenarios and potential permutations and combinations of like no it was feeding right so there was I, like some real calculations going on day to day for like the literally last month like in the west so random I, uh, maybe it was fake but there's that screenshot of the Lakers with like Russ AD and Braun talking about like 0.25% chance of the playoffs from like December, January or something. <laughs> Literally, I feel like it's it, it, it feels like this is such a common theme amongst the West every year. But anyway, so with that with that, I'll, I'll say let's start with Minnesota then, because yeah. there's some hilarity to that. For one, if you know you're out of the loop, Minnesota's final game today was pretty crucial for their final standing as well. It, they had a game against New Orleans, who was also – it was pretty solidified after Dallas lost the other night who the playing teams would be. But this final shake was, you know, still important. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota ends up losing a five-point game to the Pelicans. And in the first quarter of that game, there's an interaction. And I've pieced this together after the fact now because it was also Easter and who had time to watch 15 games all being played within four hours of each other. <laughs> but it, before 1 p.m. Pacific time, mind you. But Gobert has a lapse defensively. They get a bucket on them. They inbound the ball. Nobody's there to catch the outlet. Cat is like, Rudy. And he doesn't turn around and give up a turnover off an inbounds pass in a bucket. Cat slams the stanchion with the ball and he just looks defeated. And they go to the sideline. And from this point, whoever started what, who knows? But Kyle Anderson just calls him out straight up. And he's like, bro, I won't even say what he said. But he's just like, yo, get your shit together. What's going on? Like, I'm not about to hold my tongue about you because you have this reputation. You blow. You're blowing right now. Do something about it. And, of course, Gobert gets, you know, in his feelings about it, and he puts some soft hands on McDaniels. If you mean on uh, Kyle Anderson, which (laughs) is hilarious to think that Kyle Anderson is the teammate that made you punch him. (laughs) (laughs) And what I also love about that clip, you'll appreciate it, is Torian Prince is like on is one of the five who was in, like on the court, so he's like seated during yep. this huddle, and 
once this is like happening like over the top of him and as Gobert reaches across and throws some weak hand yeah. on some weak punch like, claw, like yeah T- TP stands up shoves this fool back like six yep. inches Ready immediately like no regard no like you're my teammate I'm gonna like be neutral he yep. just like stands up he's like bro what the like get your ass back like <laughs> it's there is so much to unpack with Minnesota and obviously you have to address like whatever they thought Gobert was worth um right I I it's funny people look at Twitter and they just see it as like memes but Twitter has a really abstract pulse on NBA fan bases like emotions towards like a game or a player and someone on Twitter called Rudy Gobert baguette beyond <laughs> and four firsts and that's why rudy threw the hands apparently according to twitter but that's hilarious one and, other... and they're saying uh <laughs> rudy's a bum and he started covid yeah yeah literally <laughs> literally they're saying rudy's a bum and he started covid so it's, it's obviously not looking good for for rudy gobert right now but another thing that's really interesting is i was on tiktok yes I'm a millennial that is on TikTok. Hey. Um, and one of the one of the there was like leaked audio from I just heard this myself as well. Yeah. And Kyle Anderson was like, I have a decision to make this summer. F all that. No, he said they have a decision to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they either him or they or yeah, whatever it is, like it, it didn't sound good, but no, nah, he was like, You got the wrong one. Uh, like he, he this fool yeah. over here being a bum and you guys want to talk about me i know y'all can't be serious all this to say that they now have a playing game where <laughs> the winner of them versus the lakers will secure the seventh seed and the knee-jerk reaction to that would be oh this team's in dysfunction they're unraveling right before a playing game great however as any laker fan will tell you and I hope this isn't just a Homer speaking because a lot of fans might feel this way about their team. But for some reason, you know what I'm saying, folks wake up, oh, we're playing Lakers tonight? How about I play the best of my life? Yeah. How about I make every spot-up jumper I can? They're dialed in. They're dialed in. It's a game you know, do this, in. have this remarkable performance that yes. goes against the game plan. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, blow up what happened today and think that they're just going to roll over because, for one, I respect Anthony Edwards. He's a competitor. The fact that he's shown himself to be a player that takes defense as serious as he does when he doesn't have to, mm-hmm. it says a lot about who he's going to be in this league. Oh, yeah. The addition of, of Mike Conley midseason turned them into a much more much stable team. For one, he has the familiarity with Rudy. So where Rudy doesn't bring much to the table offensively, once you brought in Mike, there's comfort there. And now I have somebody. There's like fluidity to the offense. It was so rigid before because you have these two bigs. Anthony Edwards is a facilitator, but he's not naturally a facilitator. He doesn't go look for other people to get like their shots. And the addition of Mike Conley on paper seems marginal, but it actually is pretty meaningful for that team. Oh, and there's the kicker. There's a kicker in all this, and I forgot how it even ties in with Gobert, but McDaniels gets ejected, kicked out by the team for whatever happens, punches something on his way out, breaks his hand. He won't be playing. Yes, yes, that is key. 
in he's a separate argument, defensive player of the year. He's like a, a separate argument. I, I make the case where I think he would have my vote as defensive player of the year because I'm kind of past giving it to the big who has the percentage of you know shots contested at the rim and lowest right. field goal percentage because I don't think that you have to work as hard to do that given what you are as a big player. Like if you're big and you're Bam out of bio, you're Jaron Jackson, you're tuned in defensively. You can right. make smart plays consistently and play the numbers. Right. You're Jalen McDaniels. You're All right, KD, you got him? Cool. Yep. We need you tonight. I agree. All right, Book, you got him? Cool, we need you. Giannis, you got him? Cool, we need Like, you are signing up for a lot every game. And I think these hybrid defenders deserve more credit. Yeah. Eliminate yeah. him, and I think they do have trouble. They have a lot of trouble. They have a lot of trouble. And – not even do they have like like not just the Jaden McDaniels injury, Cat missed a good chunk of time if I remember correctly. Like I think he missed like thirty something games potentially. He was or, like, gone from about the end of November, December when he had the big injury, and he just came back recently, less right? than a month ago. And you're kind of working through these growing pains. They're not bad. And the thing the thing is is you don't. Anthony Edwards showed he is ready to play in the playoffs last year. Like that was a given after last year's fight dog fight with Memphis. I was like, you know, he's ready to go, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Minnesota's a mess. I don't, they're going to wake up and play the Lakers. They're an older team. Like they're ready. They're ready to win. So, I mean, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be ready for that game, but yeah. I, I still pick LA confidently in that playing matchup because also if I'm thinking back correctly, I don't know if it was the last game they played, but it was a game in, uh, I, I guess, before Cat went down yeah. where he was mic'd up for the game and it was like a TNT broadcast game and Cat mm-hmm. was doing his Cat stuff. Yeah. And you know he knows that he's mic'd and he hits the transition shot. Time, you know, timeout, dead ball. He turns around midcourt, flex. And I think Minnesota goes on to win this game. And it was just a game with a lot of Carl Anthony Towns-isms. Yep. And I – Sure, you that that didn't sit well in the Lakers locker room after the fact. 100%. So they're probably looking forward to this matchup to do what they do. And I'm not that interested in uh, debating whether the Pelicans or Thunder sneak in or make noise. Give me all the down to they will lose to the Nuggets. Either team's getting worked by the Nuggets. I agree. Yeah. So from there, I will spend a little time on the Lakers just because. They're my pick. I'll go on record right now. They're my pick to come out of the West. The caveat of, you know, let's hopefully be healthy is always there. And, you know, if that's if they're not, not to say that's the only reason they can't get it done because that's the team that they're rolling in with. And if you have health concerns, deal with it. Right. But I think that this team reconstructed after the trade deadline is a team, and they weren't before. They had injuries that they were waiting to get back. They didn't have Austin Reeves for a good chunk of the season. They didn't have this roster until the trade deadline, yeah. essentially. Insert yeah. D, insert Beasley, insert D'Lo, insert Vando, and reinsert Reeves, and now put LeBron and AD healthy, and they didn't play that many games together this season. Less than half, probably. And – it doesn't take much. LeBron's one of the few guys, and he can't do it like he can now, like he used to in Cleveland, for example, where it's like, all right, give me the pieces that work. I'm going to make it work. And, yeah. you know, he's aging and his body isn't as dependable now. But now he has the pieces. 
Yeah. He has the pieces. This is a top five defense since the all-star break. You don't need me to get on a podcast in 2023 and tell you that defense wins championships. Yeah. But I will remind you that defense wins championships and that team can play some defense if they want. And yeah. who in the West is blocking those guys out for a full series? And I think the minor addition of Tristan Thompson today will go to bolster that front court. And mind you, we're going to have AD, Gron, Vando, who is a has a motor on him. Yeah. And Winnie and Gabriel crashing the boards. Reeves is a physical player. I like him. He's ready to go in there, get chippy, talk some trash if he has to, pick up a tech if he has to, stand up to somebody, flex on somebody if he has to. Mm -hmm. And D'Lo's got the swag, man. He's got the sauce. And he's a point guard. D'Lo is a point guard at heart. He's a shot maker. He's, you know, flashy a little bit and all of that. But he is a rhythm conductor on the court. He can feel what he needs to do and give that. And... I'll, you know, that that's my argument in a nutshell, but this team did it in the bubble with AD and Braun, so they've already got it done. And this is the best iteration of this team and the healthiest currently since that bubble roster. And if you go back to that season, it was weird. It was very, very weird, but they won pretty definitively. They made it through the West, and it was scary. There was memes about it. There was Twitter videos with dramatic music behind it about what they did to the Western Conference when they were healthy. So I think that argument stands against all these guys that, yeah, teams are going to give them a good shot. And, yeah, you have, you know, the uncertainties about Anthony Davis. Oh, is he going to stay healthy? Man, shut up. I don't want to hear it. There's one – there's a couple of guys in the NBA tops who does what he does. And almost nobody with the range that he has defensively when he's when he's tuned in. And I'm willing to put my eggs in that basket with that guy. And I'll let you I'll let you I'll breathe for a second and let you jump in there because I don't want to go on forever. I agree with a lot of what you've interpreted from their their season post trade deadline. My biggest concern with them, my biggest concern with them is coaching. I actually do not. I hear you. Like, 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 and I, I hate to compare sports to another sport, but I think sometimes you can compare career arcs to another player of another sports career arc. Brady, when he started to get a little older in his last kind of tenure with New England and kind of like throughout his career with the Bucks, <clears throat> he would have these, what I like to call just like fuck it throws where he just heaves it down the field knowing the safety's over the top, but he's just going to put it up there, see what happens. If it gets picked, it gets picked, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. Usually, when it gets picked, the wheels came off for the Bucks, and they would lose that game by multiple scores. There wasn't really a coach in place to tell Brady like not to do that. You know what I mean? That's what Belichick always was. And I feel like... I like it. With LeBron and Darvin Ham, I think Darvin Ham's done a great job with obviously what he's had to deal with throughout the season and all the turmoil and constant media pressure. But when it comes down to a game six and you need to be making adjustments against a team like Memphis in the first round, assuming you win the first round matchup, like if the first round play-in, like when it's rowdy in the arena and you just got burned on four straight possessions and Jaws grittying at half court, like – Who's 
in control? Is it LeBron? Is it, you know, AD? Is it you? Like what? Like, like, I don't think they have that confidence in the bench yet. Like the, the coaches on the bench, like there are guys that they like, but I don't know if him is that guy. And so my pick as a result, I like the Lakers a lot. I think if they get past Memphis in the first round, they're going to stay, they are going to have a lot of momentum. But looking at this entire standings and the way they are, I don't know how you pick against Golden State, honestly. Hmm. Like, honestly, I don't. And we'll touch on Phoenix later. I think we're going to get to that later. So I'll save a lot of what I have for Phoenix yeah, and yeah, yeah. what any of that means for any of those players there. But I think I genuinely think that Golden State poses a problem for all of the teams in the West, except for Memphis, really. They still have the two shooters that you got to scramble around. And there's like a five or eight minute video compilation of AD throughout his career getting cooked by Steph Curry on the one five switch. And it's like, no team is really like, I I, I don't believe in Jaron Jackson enough for him to stop that. I don't believe in, you know, Kevin Love did it. Oh, I'm sorry. Kevin Love did it. Kevin Love. I'm did sorry. It, it was, that was an outburst. Really Excuse me. Counted, and I was, and I was one of the happy. <laughs> no, man. Well, for one, I would say you were on the money because with my Lakers faithful that I keep in touch with ham has question marks. I've watched games where he does this thing in the fourth quarters where he'll just leave the guys out there. He will stand on the sideline. Mind you, I told you they've had one of the best defenses and I tend to recreationally wager. So mm-hmm. I, I watch these games and I pay attention to how they finish up and trains in between they're a lower scoring team in the fourth quarter specifically, but Ham will just stand on the sideline and just watch the game, not make a sub, not call a timeout, not call a set, nothing. He will stand on the sideline and watch the guys play for minutes on end. And I've seen this multiple times where it's like, bro, Lonnie Walker's sitting there with his hands in his pockets. You want to maybe run him out there and get a guy a break? Do you want to maybe do something with this lineup? So, so I, I don't know. I think he has. I think Braun has the the trust, but you defer to me when it's my time. Relationship with yeah. him as a former player as well, to where it's like you know what we're doing, and you know that I know what I'm doing. So let's fall in line. Yeah, I don't love having him there. There's guys like Spolstra and, you know, a number of like, you know, the Rick Carlisle's where it's like, I would love to have a different guy in charge who mm-hmm. I trust. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. He He's he steered the ship, man. He didn't let the he didn't let the ship no. go over. I agree. I agree. It's, let just it go over. It's, it's my personal. Uh, it's just my personal feel. And to go back to that point about not calling timeouts during stretches that are being run or conducted. Like Missoula also is the same way, right? Like in Boston and Ryan Rocio and Bill Simmons give him a ton of shit for it. Like time, right? <laughs> and so, and so Rusillo is like, he's basically like, he has a very interesting take. He's like a lot of people generally, when they look back on a game immediately after it happens, look back and say, Oh, well, they had two timeouts left. Why didn't they burn one? And it's just one of those things where we have to remind ourselves, like, 
these guys have all the data and the analytics and the numbers to support their decision. So the timeout is the most obvious attention grab because it's one of the statistics right. that we're but constantly very situational. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, even when you think about it, like we're just watching TV, right? We're watching the game on TV. What do you see? You see the shot clock, you see the game clock and you see the number of timeouts and whether the team is in the bonus or not. Those are the only four statistics that are like at the eye outside of the scoreboard. So it's like, yeah, when something goes wrong, like the first thing we look for is how many timeouts do we have or how many fouls do we have? Right. Those like right. So it's just one of those things where like I also go back and forth on the timeout thing with coaches because it's like, why wouldn't you burn a timeout? Like a timeout could 100 percent do nothing at all as well. Exactly. You call a timeout in the middle of a 10-0 run. Your and team, you get ran your team comes out, gets no bucket. They go down and score. Yep. Your timeout didn't mean much unless, you know, exactly. it gets implemented. So exactly. I won't die on that. I have a funny – I have an Anthony Davis sidebar that I want to touch on before we kind of pivot off the Lakers. For the rap that he gets, he's the only – because we talked about this in the East where I said I want a big man to do something. I want a big man to make a statement. And I yep. didn't mention that essentially Giannis is the big man that did that and yep. still in the midst of doing it. Yes. It's not traditional – you know, he's kind of a swing at the same time, but now he is pretty officially a big. So I'm glad I get to clarify that. But if you kind of put him in the hybrid wing category, Anthony Davis is the is the last big man to win a championship since Duncan. Before that, Dirk. Yep. This entire past decade. Wait, are we not uh are we not gonna count are we are we not gonna count the the formidable Andrew Bogut in in twenty in twenty fifteen? We're not. <laughs> sorry, 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 bogey. No, no know. mention of David Lee, the lefty no. serviceman. No, Sergi Baca in Toronto. Jamie. We're not it's a Sergi Baca and Spicy P. Good job, guys. But no, no, it's it's just something that I feel like should be mentioned because we give them this crap. And I wrote an article at the time in 2018 when this trade was still being worked on, where I said essentially you pay whatever the price is because if you're sold it tends to pay out yeah and history has proven that whether you look at the kareem abdul jabbar trade whether you look at the shaquille o'neal trade whether you look at the palisol trade when you trade for that big man who is him it has tended to pay tended to pay off and all these guys who we're seeing I, i'm Jokic has action this year we haven't got to the nuggets yet at all either oh, he yeah. has action but anthony davis is the only one and yeah, he did it with LeBron. But if you look at that bubble season, Buddy was dominant. He was. And he had the stretches this year where it's dominance. So I just when you know when we when we diss AD, let's just remember for one, he was a part of the one Kentucky Calipari team that won a championship. When this era gets so much praise of the one and dones at Kentucky and their recruiting class, this and that. He is a part. He is the centerpiece of the one team that actually won the championship, right. and he is the one big man that has won a championship as the best player, best B player in this postmodern style that we're in right now. Olympic gold medalist as well. So I'll move on because we still got quite a bit to get to. Now, just because I mentioned it, I'll get some nuggets in there because we'll probably move past this as well pretty smoothly, but. I'm scared of the Nuggets. The Nuggets were my odds-on bet for a good chunk of this regular season if I was not going with the Lakers, and which I can't, you know, differentiate right. how much is my hardened head, you know, making that call. 
So if I had to go with anybody else, it was the, it's the Nuggets, and it's pretty confidently the Nuggets. And I referenced last year's season uh, series with the Warriors in round two. There was no Jamal Murray. There was no Michael Porter Jr. And you can just pencil in Golden State for the sweep. They didn't sweep them. And a chunk of those games were competitive. And that game four, where Denver's playing just for respect, they went out there and got a win in front of their home crowd with Jokic and some guys. And I think when I saw that, I was like, that, you know, this series is done. But that meant something. Because when these guys get back in full force, this is a team that's been together for several years. Jokic had an MVP caliber season again. He's clutch. He's durable. He is in good shape. He can play 40 minutes in a series. And you're wondering how he's doing it. And he's out there and he's doing it. And who in that brother is hard to guard. He is hard to guard. When everyone discusses the Western Conference, like we just gloss over the Nuggets because it's just like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what they do. But that's because it's just like they have bolstered their roster, right? The Bruce Brown edition is good. You get Michael Porter Jr. back. Jamal Murray looks incredibly healthy after like the ACL, right? Christian so, Brown is, is, is a proven rotation player for them now. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Huge. He's had the best season of his career. He, he's yes. the best three-point percentage he shot this year you can tell he's engaged offensively and defensively and this team makes just sound plays together in transition and clutch moments they trust you know their engine which is Jokic and they operate around him this could very well be the year they squeak into the finals this let's could. talk about the home court advantage mile high yeah yeah that's true no 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 that's true I just I still think and you know, go ahead. You can spout any statistics you guys want at me, whoever you basketball nerds are who are literally on basketball reference 35 hours a day, you know, coming up with new formulas to tell me why Jokic is great. What happens when they drag him out on a guard to big man switch? And then now you put your help side it in a pressured situation to rotate because he blows by you. Now we're swinging the ball around and Jordan Poole hits a 30-foot three. And starts looking at all the baddies courtside and goes for 30. That sounds good and well. And I hear you. Jokic, sneaky good defender. Rim protector, yes. When you bring him out. He's got the right hands. And since he is an agile and offensive guy as well, he has an idea of what to do defensively because he's got a bag himself. And, you know, he will get cooked in that switch with Steph. Hundred yeah. percent switch with pool. He will, but you know, I don't. I think that. Uh, I think that's too quickly dismissive because I think that they can be more potent offensively and do what they do and not depend on threes falling. Their defensive rating is thirty last... points in a quarter. Maybe I. I just. I never really have been. Uh, I think Jokic is a great player, but I can think he's a great player and think his team sucks. Like, like, I just, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't. There's the moment Malone rested some of his guys down the stretch and that team with no Murray, no Jokic and Aaron Gordon, I think did play. And I think Michael Porter did play, but against Phoenix the other night, they gave Phoenix fits. They gave him fits. Reggie Jackson. 
in the playoffs, anybody? That's also an underrated signing. And I, and, I, and I think that that's all great. My personal belief, just from watching the Nuggets these last few years, just for like having a feel for Jokic's game, one of my best friends is like the biggest Jokic truther, always pushing Jokic stuff far away. And it's like, dude, please. Like, I just, my personal belief, statistics aside, I test only. Um, like, I don't know if I believe in the Nuggets. I would say I have the same belief in the Nuggets as I do the Lakers. It's like, maybe maybe this is the window and you just hit a gear that I didn't know you could hit and you just kind of work your way to the finals or it's just going to be more of the same, which is they had an incredible run and what it really boiled down to at the end of the game was them getting stops and for some reason they couldn't do it because they were essentially mismatch hunting Jokic and put swing in the ball. Yeah. I think uh I hear you. I think that's a little too quick to be dismissive without seeing what that team does quarter to quarter. That team plays in a high gear. Oh, they play at a high gear. I haven't watched and their you. offense. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. and this is also a common take though. So I, I'm I I'm just want to argue that because I know what I see when I watch that team. Yeah. And it is something that is going to give whoever they get in the series with problems. And it did last season and Jokic had no help. He's got his guys now. He does and I think and I think that fool takes this game very seriously and does. wants to put his stamp on it yes. and be that big man like I'm arguing for to yo do something. Show you're better than show you're the best player. There's so, no I just wanted to make the argument for him yeah. from what I saw this year and I think it's interesting. I will parlay that into Warriors talk because somebody has to beat the Warriors. And let me remind everybody that since 2015, nobody in the Western Conference has beaten a healthy Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So that begs the question of who can hypothetically this year. I think this team has gaps this year. I think that the addition, mind you, the Draymond punch happened right before the year. And I think that that was indicative of, you know, headbutting. But that's, you know, men being men as well. But I think that retaining Jordan Poole really hamstrung this Warriors team because there's a lot of overlap with what him and Clay are going to bring on the floor on the floor. And if that's your closing five, Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond, and then you either insert non-shooter Looney, you insert Wiggins, and you have no rim protection, you insert um Gary Payton the second, and you're even smaller. And I just don't see how that team is going to stop a consistent team with front court weapons. Probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you how do you how does that team outshoot the the Lakers or the Nuggets for a series? Because that team now defensively is nowhere near what the Golden States have been defensively in April and May the last couple years this season. Right. I think my biggest conspiracy take this whole year was Andrew Wiggins was going to come back for the playoffs and they were just going to kick it in the year. I think that's like inevitably the crash course that we're heading for. Wiggins is going to come back round one, game one, maybe game two. And 
Yeah. He's around the facility. He's been practicing. He's been staying in shape. Right. And so, you know, <clears throat> I, I just think that they, they have their identity. I, in the West, there's not a team with a clear identity. You look at Denver, like their identity is pretty clear, but it hasn't translated to like the ultimate success yet, right? Memphis is in the second year of this tough, gritty, grindhouse Memphis reemergence. I don't know what Sacramento's identity is. Phoenix is this lethal scoring thing that I think they have going on. Clippers don't really have an identity. The Warriors have a clear identity. Lakers. The Clippers, I keep saying, bringing this game up. The Clippers absolutely smoked them boys in their last matchup, which was just hard to forget seeing. Yeah. And the, it was close down the stretch. And then you saw that this team had no, they couldn't stop a point guard. They, stood, they couldn't stop a wing. And now it's different because that team didn't have Gary Payton. That team didn't have Andrew Wiggins. So, you know, maybe it's a little different, but I still think that you were – I don't think that there is the strength and unity in this team that will persevere like yeah. it has in years past. And a team like – like it, it honestly comes down to the Lakers because I think that they're the biggest threat for them. I – you remember when Golden State went to the finals last season, they didn't have to face the Lakers. Yeah. He just got bounced by the Suns. But remember, that series was 2-1, and you had Andre Drummond doing the shadow shimmy on the bench as they were cooking Phoenix before AD goes down with an injury. Yeah. Just might I add, and that was an eight seed or a seven seed playing against the Phoenix Suns then, and they were toying with these guys at the end of the game. And an injury happened, the whole series shakes, whole playoff shape. But – so it's just, you know, might I add that I just, in my gut, that Lakers front court, and now you add this new shooting and toughness and swagger that they have, it's going to be a problem for all these guys. But in Golden State, they have that track record. I say this going into every postseason. I'm like, somebody in the West, I think the West is going to be a Royal Rumble, yeah. and somebody has to beat the Warriors who's going to do it. Yeah. And – we have a couple. Let's touch on Sack really quick. Sack, great season, great regular season. I'm proud of those boys. Proud of Mike Brown. Like what De'Aaron Fox did. They're gonna lose in the round. They're gonna lose in round one. It's all yeah. good though. It's all yeah. good. And I can live to regret that take, but their thing this year, and we said about the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams didn't have their foot on the pedal. A lot of teams rested guys. A lot of get a lot of teams took nights off. Sabonis played for about two months with, through a broken hand. Yeah. Fox rarely took a game off and was the best fourth quarter performer throughout the season. So on a night-to-night basis against X team, you had the best clutch performer and you probably had a better percentage of your guys going who were also playing harder. But I'm not afraid of your wing triumvirate of Keegan Murray, Herder, Malik Monk, and Harrison Barnes beating me to death in the postseason. I'm not. It, it, you know, they're going to be good, and it's a great season because another theory I have is, you know, it takes teams multiple cracks before they crack through. You mentioned how Memphis is in at least year two of this run where it's, no, we got a taste now, and we also want more. 
but you don't get it done that first time. So they had a first, you know, kind of go around. I think they have another step to get through and face that heartbreak before they can hypothetically make it out of the West still too. But that seems a little scary. It seems a little scary, but if they get the Lakers around one, we'll see what they're made of, which they, you know, will depending on what happens in the play-in. Um, do you have anything you want to add on that? Not really, other than that I, series just feels like it's going to be scoring up and down. Maybe now, I think Sac has a shot to beat teams like Golden State because I think that if you, Golden State wants to play that shootout game with them, they might have problems because yeah. they don't have the force that's going to slow down. Sabonis has been a, you Underrated. know, okay. he's no, he's been – I'm trying to think of the proper way, respectful way to make the analogy, but he's been a Jokic understudy. Yeah, sure, for sure. Like through him, he facilitates, he rebounds, he plays both ends, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're going to have action if teams don't take him seriously, and they yeah. got first round with Golden State. Yeah. So we're going to see how the, what Golden State's made out of, for one, and if Sack, you know, can build on this – you know, good first season, you know, first turnaround for them, first time yeah. being in the playoffs in a long time. So that's good for them. With those guys kind of all discussed. Phoenix. There's a good conversation I want to have about Phoenix. Now, hypothetically, it's June 30th. The Phoenix Suns just won the championship. What are we saying? More specifically, what's the KD and CP3 legacy impact if they win the title this year? Interesting. The a, a ring somehow means different for each member of that team. For Booker, it's a triumphant, like... I'm here atop the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Been there his whole career, never left, right? Went I can see the- him being finals MVP, hypothetically, yeah. if they won. Yeah. Right? For CP3, it validates a career that doesn't necessarily need a ring for validation, in my opinion. Um, I agree. And for KD, it just means a, a, a ring, and he's and he won yet again. But what's interesting is KD's probably the only all-time great without a true home mm-hmm. ac has sort of disowned him i don't know if they ever really recovered from it golden state the general feeling around fans is oh you know we liked kd when he was here we didn't really need him to win not really a home there phoenix you can speak to uh, that you are a bay area yeah, I lived in the Bay Area while, you know, the, like KD had to sign to sign. Not a Bay Area fan. Um, like, not like a Bay Area sports fan. Obviously, the Bay is cool. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's weird because I don't I, – I think KD's legacy <laughs> is already sort of cemented. Um, yeah, we spoke about this, man. I, I was saying that uh, he's, he's in – Almost everybody's top 20, top 15 range all yeah. time. I don't know if it can get much higher than that because referencing that Phoenix-Denver game that I watched the other night again, I had this, like, 
growing resentment for KD again. Because I'm like, you just did it again. You just did what you did signing with Golden State basically again. And now I can't respect you because you're joining and respect the KD because he can give a damn what I have to say. Exactly. Respect. I respect that. Um, but it's very frustrating to watch because in that game, Denver was this, you know, hardy underdog playing at home against the Phoenix Suns with their whole with all their the new and improved Phoenix Suns, and they're going toe-to-toe with them. And of course, in the fourth quarter, Durant starts hitting this transition pull-up three, uh, three-step layup here and they're rolling and he's giving high fives and all this. And it's like, dude, I don't, I'm not happy watching this. I don't support this. You joined a team again that was in the finals without you. And you bring in your world of skill and make this team on paper so much better now. And I just can't appreciate it because that team had action Again, this season, let's not forget, he had an MVP caliber start to the season. I had him in fantasy. He was the top player, arguably, in the league this year to start off with. And that team was completely different. You weren't getting much from Ben Simmons ever this season. And it was just him. It was Kyrie. And they were doing their thing. And that seems like that was last year at this point. But he goes down with the injury, and then the team goes to hell. And he forces his way out again. And where does he where is he adamant on going? Oh, the team that was already in the finals without me. Yeah. The team that has the the great, you know, the best core intact almost in the league. Let me I I only want to play there. And it's just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you see them celebrate success because no, their road is not hard. They travel half the year. They have a grueling. I went to the gym and shot tonight. I'm tired as hell. I'm sore. Yeah. I'm just shooting tonight. So it's like I respect the work they put in. It's not cookie. It's not cake or cakewalk at all, by all means. But for the legacy take, like you said, a ring for if they win this year, I can't see that doing much for how I view KD aside from he's one of the best scorers of all time. A and B, I'm never going to have him ahead of Steph Curry in my personal ladder of all time greats. Because he Steph drove the bus. Yeah, well, yeah. And so and so not to deviate from the playoff talk, but just a quick thing about legacy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Legacy is not just your statistics. Like there are mm-hmm. immeasurable, abstract, like qualitative factors that go mm-hmm. into determining your legacy. It's what separates like a guy like, you know. LeBron from like a guy like literally Kevin Durant where it's like yes you bounced around and you won rings with different teams but the way you go about that right is very different it's like Miami the year before LeBron went there got bounced by Boston in the first round I think that series maybe went five and then LeBron comes in they do the whole roster construction right and he essentially lay GM handpicks that team and mm-hmm. instructs it to win, right? Drops the coach who right? had a good year before. Yeah. And it's just like 
at the end of the day, like KD just seems to be jumping. It it's like one of those things where it, and, and I hate to compare it to like this young hookup culture, but KD's like a homie hopper. Literally, he goes <laughs> from one homie to the next, and they just all happen to be on the yeah, same. No, that's a good analogy, man. Cause then because when when you watch that play out. It shapes how you feel about that person, and you're just like, what like about Brooklyn? Are we just going to ignore Brooklyn because it failed? Like, what if it didn't? Like, and it, you didn't have to give up. He was on the line, or they're in the conference finals last year yeah. with just him and Harden, and Harden had one hamstring. It makes no sense, dude. It just and it's like, dude, you keep knocking on the door, kick the door down, and stop going to the open door. Exactly, and and that's what that's what makes like great great right like that's what it that's what it does now on the other hand i think that this it, it changed it, the perception of it will be changed now because kd joined this team but i think chris paul winning a championship even if he's 45 the third point guard on the new york knicks and they win a championship yeah. i think it does a ton for his legacy because in my opinion Chris Paul will never win an argument against Magic. He'll never win an argument, I think, now at this point against Steph. Yeah, no shot. And Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He should not win an argument against. Yeah. Any other point guard in basketball, you can make the argument, I want Chris Paul on my team. Yeah, for sure. And the championship, would, and if you look at Chris Paul's career, he never took the easy way. Oh, yeah. Never oh, took yeah. the easy way. He made Lob City, Lob City. He made New Orleans a challenger, at least when he was there and really had his full strength of athleticism and youthful energy as he transitioned to a, you know, a veteran in L.A. Like I said, he had Lob City was the sorry Clippers before Chris Paul got there. Let's skip over the Knicks L.A. Lakers trade because, oh, my God, I will go on a tangent every time I think about what that Kobe and that Chris Paul would have yeah. done to the NBA. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll go past that because that, that does leave a sour taste in my mouth. But I would love Chris Paul to get a ring because it validates what he's done across this generation, which is this is how you play point guard. Yeah. And the ring would be symbolic. Like you said, he doesn't need it now because we view Chris Paul in that way. He has the collective respect. You know, players association president for a number of years. Yep. Likeable, actually, a really detestable guy for some for some athletes, but yeah. like well, I mean, has a nice personality. He's marketable. Yeah. Like Chris Paul, I, I love that guy. You know, good I for him. I, I don't hate him. If I played against him, I would probably hate him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a he's a dirty player. Let's not like yeah. But who in the eighties or nineties? He's savvy. He's savvy. He he has old school blood in him. As as JJ Redick would say, he is very good at manipulating the game, which is an asset in playoff basketball. I at the end of the day, a Suns ring would just mean that I'm happy Booker won. I'm happy CP three won. But what a surprise! KD found his way to another team that was already kind of loaded, and they won a championship in by dominating everybody else and scoring more points. Like, it, it doesn't it, – yeah. it, I don't know. Now, it's, let me throw this fun fact out there. No team has acquired their best player midseason and won the title that year. Yes. That would be interesting. No, I mean, so so KD's Nobody. the plug-and-play player. 
and, and he is true plug and play superstar. Yeah, no, you're true. You know, LeBron to an extent, you know, everybody essentially because, you know, but KD is the person who can chameleon into any yeah. five yeah. and make that five deadly. Infinitely better. Yes. Um, It's interesting because. Ah, oh man, I, I wouldn't want to see those guys win it just now. But knowing that fact, I'm still willing to bet. I don't like bringing up the Chris Paul injury history because that's it's it's just bad luck. But I I'm not willing to bet on this team having the interconnectivity, yeah, to last four rounds against other teams that will. Yes. I think other teams, and when they face some adversity and they're down in the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be a lot of what are, you know, we got this, but do you really have this? Yes. You lost yes. the game before yes. you know a series is out of hand. KD also got swept last year in the first round. He got clamped. And and, and so a point about interconnectivity, because I think that is that is the biggest thing with the Suns. It's like their depth is such an issue. They lost arguably a top two or top three perimeter defender and a high-volume, high-percentage, efficient three-point shooter. Both of them are now developing into high Thank volume. you for bringing that up, because that was my other point. And they um, lost some picks, but... Uh, they did not replace the Terrence Ross edition, cool, whatever. TJ yeah. Warren, cool, Correct. whatever. Role bridges, players are important. Yeah, but Bridges was... There was a lot of glue in my Cal Bridges. Yes. I say this watching him. He looks like a teammate that I would play with Love for that. my entire career. Yes. He looks like he has fun on the court, but yes. you know he's also playing hard and he's locked in and you trust his skill set, you trust his IQ Selfless. to make good plays. And now you're seeing him having a semi-breakout season once he got to Brooklyn because even this season before it happened, you could see his confidence grow before mm-hmm. the trade happened, they're referencing. You could see his confidence grow and become a multi-dimensional player that he wasn't when they were in the finals two years ago. Yes. He helped them he helped them stay afloat while Booker was hurt. In my college resume theory, he was a part of that. He was a part of the core yes. at He's Nova that won a championship. If right. you have championship DNA, it shows that, that is in you and it comes out. Correct. It comes out when it matters. Correct. And that's not easily replaceable. Yes. He was going to take the toughest assignment. Now, who in that starting lineup is? Toy Craig? I agree. And I don't think that... Ish Wainwright? Think of Bears. Hey, I am more than happy for my guy, Ish Wainwright, because... Right, 100%. He was in college. We used to say this 100%. He's having a rookie season five years after playing at Baylor. And he's... he's Respect. Salute. Not an easy path. salute. Salute. It's not an easy path, but... That that's the thing. Their depth is one issue that I have with them. The other issue I have with them is I don't know if Monty Williams is that great of a coach. Genuinely. Yeah. I don't know because every time they win, they're just outscoring their opponents. And when you watch the highlights of those games, I know the highlights don't tell the full story, but if I can I can watch I've watched enough NBA to know how the game generally went by watching 10 minutes of highlights. Mm-hmm. And it's just them playing in pace and getting up a lot of shots and, and there's no and, defense. And having Chris Paul at the helm. He is one yeah. of his best traits is knowing when to slow this puppy down. Yep. Like, all right, seven minutes on the clock. We got we're up seven. 
cool. We're not losing this. Let's run some deliberate. Yeah, I. I We're not I, losing this. Less value possessions. Less value also, time. Like, and, you know, time management. Uh, I, I respect. I, I wanted to. I almost wanted to see them win, and now I don't. And I'm rooting for somebody to beat them. Yeah, and the sure. Clippers. We had. We didn't even get the. We. I think we did off the top, but the Clippers now have a first round matchup. And we were saying that we wanted a team like Golden State to catch the Warriors. I mean, to catch the Suns, yeah. or you know, in a round two, maybe a Memphis, or you know, we wanted a really good team to catch the Suns early, so we could be like, all right, let's get y'all out of here before we build up this fake possibility of you guys winning the championship like let's establish that you guys aren't a team all the way yet and that this yep. builder roster isn't going to work but now they got the clippers which will be a test man i i respect what i respect tyloo yeah I respect tyloo a lot as a coach we know what Kawhi does in the postseason his body isn't the same though oh yeah i russ is a much better clipper than he is a laker oh yeah which is something that you just understand if you you know what i'm saying you know la a little bit and if you get what he is in this day and age he's just a much better clipper the pressure isn't on him and he can do what he has relied on to be successful I mean, the lakers hung him out to dry let's not like sugar but, like they didn't do anything to help him <laughs> like yeah. well what hurt is that he wanted to be. He there. is who he is, but he's getting paid forty-two million dollars, and we can't do anything because we have him on our on our books. Yeah. If he was a million dollars for LA, hey Russ, we're benching you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal. You, you ain't got it, but we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you. But we're going to try something else. But when you know he's your second highest, third highest paid player, it's it's like this massive. What's you know bullseye on you? But my argument against the Clippers is uh, they reconstructed their supporting cast every single year. And LeBron is kind of the only guy that can do that, that had has shown that he can do that yeah. and bring that team to the highest level. They don't yeah. know who they are 100%. And that's a bigger picture clipper problem it's just that they just don't know who they are yeah. but again it's like okay last year we had reggie jackson and we had these other guys you know a couple years before that we were in the playoffs we had sga and chris paul and we were this young team and now we've got Kawhi and pg going on year four and we've got one conference final to show for it and here we are again starting from scratch hopefully hoping for a a good postseason run, tie game, six minutes left. Who do who are we putting out there again? It's like you can't be asking yourself that question yeah. at this time of the year yeah. and not have an answer for it because you're going to lose the game that counts and not be able to respond when you need to. In my opinion, I respect Kawhi. He's a terminator. You know what I mean? He. I don't know what the heck's up with Paul George. I assume he'll be playing next weekend. I mean, they're a wild card. That's just what they wild are. Card, yeah. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from them. ton of talent. I think this team has a bit. After the trade and the way that Phoenix shook up their team, I think they lost a lot of chemistry and are rebuilding it. And, you know, a lot of it was intact still because leadership's still there. But when you bring in one of the best players of all time and the media that comes with that and the attention, like, 
that changes who you are considerably. And I think they're figuring that out maybe more than the Clippers are. Oh, yeah. And I think I, like you said, I think I lean Ty Lue over Monty Williams as a strategic head coach. Yeah. In a series. Yeah. So wow, that series is going six. That series is I, I'm I'm uh I'm slick rooting for the Clippers in that one. Let's see, four or five, the winner of that gets the Nuggets in round two. Which means the Lakers and Clippers wouldn't meet hypothetically until conference finals, which I'm just spitballing because I don't really ugh, that team gets up for the Lakers every single time in the regular season and good you beat us. But let's see what would happen in the playoff series. So that could only happen in the conference finals. Now we know the Western Conference, man, there's a lot of stories in the West. There are. There are. I'm excited to see how it all pans out. Um, and do we want to talk about Luca in the Mavs? Uh, we want to spend, do we want this to be the kicker? Why not? Why not? Let me, let me, let me give my spiel on Luca. He is nowhere near what James Harden is or was. I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my take. I saw that on Twitter today. He is not close. This whole narrative, like, like people forget James Harden took like Omer Ashik to the conference finals. He took Josh Smith's corpse <laughs> to the NBA finals. Josh the, Smith did the, save his ass in one fourth quarter, but yeah. To the conference finals, excuse me, to the conference finals. No, I hear you. Um, like – Luca got to the conference finals in a fluke year. Like the West last year, I'm sure if I go back and look at all the rosters, I can find something wrong with every roster. And maybe you can do right. that. Every, maybe you yeah, can. yeah, yeah, you can pull but goals. Here's my thing: you don't play any defense. You don't try to play any defense, and you can say all you want, like, oh, you know, like blah blah blah. Like I have to do so much offensively. Like I can't play defense. That's why I need like. Maxi Kleber or Dwight Powell to play defense. Yes, there there are roster construction issues. I understand that. But even back when James Harden was in Houston, statistically, he was one of the better isolation defenders at his position. So it's like he at least tried. Like, yes, there's the viral clips of him not playing defense. You don't get to within a game of going to the NBA finals yeah. by not playing any defense. So and I'm whole- in and I'm in the camp where if you are him on offense you can and guard. we depend on you to be him, yeah, you don't have to fly out and help. You're going to not reach your ceiling if you don't. But I'm of the camp where I'm not bagging on this guy because what he's doing on the other side. For sure, for sure. And, and and Luca has that. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that, like, it's if you are the face of the franchise and you are the leader of the team, your energy has to be defensively. It has to be there. Because, you have to be able to turn it on and, and yeah. be and be the middle linebacker. Yeah, you have to just be engaged defensively. You can't like complain about every single call. Like you're not. Yeah, this isn't FIFA. Happen. Yeah, like you like you didn't get fouled. You know you didn't get fouled. Like you're looking for a call. Play defense. Go earn the call. And that's easy for me to say from my couch with the chipotle chicken bowl on my lap at like 2 p.m on a sunday afternoon but at the same time like it just is what it is you like great players that complain about calls also tend to get back on defense and do it at the same time so you 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 earn it you impose it on the court not on the officials until until he decides he wants to like be engaged defensively that team's not going to go anywhere and 
they also made a huge mistake. And I tweeted this the day of the trading for Kyrie. Same thing with the whole Phoenix speculation. Yeah. You, you didn't replace what you gave up. You you lost your best perimeter defender. You lost a sixth man of the year candidate who's a veteran who can get you 25, five and five in an important game. Right. And you traded away. I don't know how many second round picks that could become valuable down the road because nowadays with the NBA draft, you have your you have your locks and then you have guys that you get in the end of the first round, early second round that are valuable mm-hmm. players. You depend on. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, look at Kenneth Lofton. He didn't even get drafted. This is a guy that played on Team USA with Chet and all those boys when they were in high school. He doesn't even, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't even get drafted. And he's probably about to play some serious rotation minutes in Memphis. He was G League MVP this year. Yeah, you just gave all these NBA guys 40. And I know it's the end of the season, blah, blah, blah. But if someone's giving you 40, it doesn't matter. You know they're nice. Well, the Jaden Hardy draft pick was really good. I'm a Jaden Hardy fan because Las Vegas local. They don't need guards. They don't need guards. Right. That's kind of a thing, too. They have no true swing, man. And they have no true big. Yeah, no, it's um, and mind you, the biggest blunder by the Mavericks in the past twelve months was the Jalen Brunson catastrophe. You got nut, you got you got squat for him. Yeah. Guess what he's doing right now? He's in all NBA arguments. You had what you needed, and you could have went and got other pieces to shore up what you did need. Because my, let me also remind you, Christian Wood wasn't what you needed. Didn't need Christian Wood. Christian <laughs> Wood has always felt a little overrated to me because of his injury history. And also, like, you're a stretch big that doesn't handle as well as Giannis, but doesn't he's not shoot. locked in. He, he's not he's not playing basketball on the uh, same in the same realm of competitiveness as any guys were taken seriously. Yeah. Sorry to say that. He's also a UNLV alum. <laughs> and my last thing about the Mavericks er, for basketball alone. Yes, yes, correct, correct. My last thing about the Mavericks, and I'm done talking about them because I I currently live in Austin, obviously, and um I am friends with a lot of Mavericks fans who are quite delusional and have they're been, they're an interesting bunch. They're an interesting bunch. Um they are like, and my last thing is is like shout out to Chuck, shout out to Sean. Shout out to Chuck, shout out to Sean. Um I there's this discourse about firing Jason Kidd, but nobody really wants to place the blame on Mark Cuban. And I don't know when that blame it, comes. It all it, it's got to go up because these are misguided decisions. It's like you don't know why are you you're 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 not gonna re-sign Kyrie either. He just declined the exit interview. And another point about Cuban was he came out recently and said. It all got messed up when Jalen Brunson's dad and mom got involved. It got messed up when the parents. Yeah, got I don't. Yeah, Cuban makes he makes excuses. I don't like that. I don't like what he does sometimes. Basketball though, this is the yeah. end. If you want to get a deal done, you have negotiate to get a deal done. Right. See the NBA. The, the NBA is the world's leading professional sports league with the highest average salary. So I know you have the resources to get things done, especially if you're Mr. Shark Tank, billion dollar deals. Yeah, and- don't start don't start penny pension, Mark yeah, Cuban. No, that's in negotiations saying. with your yeah. basketball team because you're too busy yeah. trying to get these vegetable chips to blow. Exactly, right? Like, no, so- don't make excuses for bad decisions. And it's it's done, dude. And there's my thing with Luca, 
is he's not committed to being the best athlete he can be. Yeah. Now, sure. I want to add a couple caveats here. He's European. I've seen the arguments where, you know, before and after pics of him and he was skinnier and, you know, looser athletically. And it's like, you come to the States, not only to the States, you come to the heart of Texas. You're eating barbecue every you, other weekend. You're, and it's hard to say no to. Saturday. And you've got this hospitality around you and this good Southern vibe around you. Like you might be caught in the mix. No, uh, no, no property tax, I believe, or very low property tax. So he's yep, listening friendly, to friendly Larry state Jew. taxes, Larry June. But he's he's not he's not committed to being the best athlete no, he can be. Far. Now his size does work to his advantage, and his he knows how to use it. He's got the closest IQ, I would say, out of anybody who's entered the league since and been, you know, a star. To LeBron that I would put on anybody, and that's the highest you know version of praise I could you know kind of give somebody with how I feel about LeBron. He is capable of dissecting a game and doing what needs to be done from one singular player in a similar fashion as LeBron. He does it completely differently. He does it with you know skill and angles and you know a slower game and better shooting. Yep. And better touch, so to speak, but same amount of vision and ability to rebound and be everything offensively for your team. But if he was just committed to getting a step faster, a step stronger, a step more explosive, brother, brother, who is stopping that guy? So the thing is when you and that, that comes back to, for me, that just comes back to him. It's yes. like you yes. have got you got to own that. But I also think that you're you have a great argument to be pissed off at what your team is your front office is doing. Yes. And I think it's not gonna work out. I think that since he entered the league and Dirk was on that team for his rookie year, he got a really, really quick ingratiation and attachment to the Dallas Mavericks, and he wants to end his career there. Yeah. Because of what he got with with Dirk for a season and seeing the European come over and how they treated this guy and his legacy and he won a championship and he's praised and X, Y, Z. I want that here. I can do that here. But this is something to easily be like, nah, bro. I I have lost my hope in you guys. Yeah. Because I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do. You can, you can, you can knock me for having my flaws and I'm in my fourth year, fifth year. So that's one aspect, but Bruh, help a brother out. Give me somebody else who is him to play yeah, that that, that can be him next to me. Cause I, you know, I, I'll be, I'll check the box of him. But I need I need another him at they, least. They need a lot of help. They and they had it, bro. They had it with Brunson, man. They they had, had it. it was a fluky run last year. You know, you can poke holes in it, but they went on Phoenix's court and absolutely sunned yeah. those boys no they pun did. intended they in did. that game seven they that did. they came back from yeah and luke is capable of all of that man my tatum argument i just had to switch because i feel this way about luca where it's like you will never be as dominant as you can be if you don't go for it physically yeah. we've seen all the guy all the greats is transition from I'm great and I'm a budding superstar to 
I'm putting in this last bit of work because I'm about to put my foot on somebody or I'm not taking shit from somebody and I'm going to make you feel me. And I think Tatum's going to do that a year yeah. in a year or two. I think he's going to get pissed off and finally do it. Yeah. You saw when, you know, LeBron out at the post game and got really challenged, you know, Kobe did it right away, essentially. And he had the mentality, but you saw when Jordan beefed up yep. Steph, look at Steph now and look at Steph in 2015. Yep. Definitely. What? Definitely. Not the same guy. Look at Giannis now and look at him Giannis, in his first couple yes, of years. Correct. They reached the best version of themselves physically. And my Jokic you know, comparison, he's never going to be Shaq. But that brother is in shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can play 45 minutes. Yes. He's gotten in tremendous shape. And it'll be interesting to see what, what, what Luka does. I, I, When you criticize a player, people automatically think you just don't like them or you just you're just hating on them. And that's not true. I think Luca's a spectacular playmaker. He's an average leader, but that doesn't mean he's not like a great person or like a great teammate to be around. I just don't think he can fill those shoes yet. And he's not ready to. And that's and okay. Yeah, that, that, that's the oh, word. He's that, younger that, those than those are the words. You know what These I mean? These guys are, uh, Giannis is about to be 27, 28. He's a dad. And he is just now like, you know what right. I mean? There, there's maturation. We are feeling this. Yeah. Once you hit 25, 26, okay. a lot of stuff slows down for you as a man. Okay. And you prioritize what you really care about. Yes, And it's not, you know, let me make this grand parade and post about, hey, guys, I get it now. It's no, you just observe and you see oh, that, that he's locked in now. He, yeah. he, he's on his he's on his P's and his Q's. Correct. Correct. And we'll see that from Luca. I hope. Might not be in Dallas. Might not be in Dallas. Might not maybe be in Denver, Dallas. Maybe Milwaukee. Maybe Boston. Dear Lord, I hope not Miami. Yeah. Please. We kind of didn't talk enough about Miami in our Eastern pod. I forgot to say that I'm scared of them waking up. Yeah. But we, we've talked about this on Face on FaceTime a lot. And, and the folks that aren't Miami fans, you know, love to, to diss Miami and say they won't wake up. But I don't know. There's a sleeping, respectable contender in think- them. And it's okay. whether or not that, you know. They wake up one morning and be like, fellas, let's go steal this game, which I just think they can do yeah, for oh, some yeah. reason. But they got oh, yeah. Boston. We can. No, and I think Boston Boston respects that. There's a lot of competitive respect between those two teams. But ultimately, I think I think Boston knows like they, they know what they have to do. They won game seven on the on their home floor. You we have some must watch first round matchups. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm very, very excited. We've been waiting for a while. If, and... if Memphis, LA happens, that's that's box office. If that's this Clippers Phoenix is a Western Conference Every classic, game. sort of written all over it. And this is just the first round, but these semifinals and these conference finals are going to be ideally some slugfests. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'm I'm very very excited. These playoffs are going to be great. Parity has not been. I don't know if it's so much parity as it is unclarity with this season, but yeah, like I, I, there has never really been this level of. There's usually a definitive top tier of teams, and I don't know if you can establish that this year. This um, in my closing point in this kind of regular season recap playoff preview is that expansion 
is on the horizon and it might be closer than we even expect because every team loaded with talent. Oh yeah. I, we debated whether or not we were going to talk about the teams that missed the playoffs to round out conversation. And we just kind of came to the conclusion it wasn't relevant enough, but we look at freaking Houston. You look at Detroit, you look at Orlando. Yeah. I hate, you know, Charlotte is terribly run and LaMelo was very injured this year, but you look at some of the talent in Charlotte, it's like, all right, these bad teams aren't bad. They just don't have two top 20 players on their roster. And that just invites more competition. Let's get two more franchises. Let's put one in Las Vegas and let's put one in Seattle. Let's shake up the conference. Let's move Minnesota to the east. We have 16 and we have 16. It's more revenue. The NBA is as profitable as ever. They're a global phenomenon. Second best league globally behind soccer. And in my opinion, you know, yeah. others will vary. Uh, maybe MMA would like a word. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like it makes all the sense in the world because these teams aren't bad. They're just deciding to be bad. The Wizards yeah. are like, what the hell are we going to do in the playoffs? We've got a former all-star. We've got a couple former all-stars. Not guys. We're not. Yeah. We're like, our guys can play. We can't do nothing against Milwaukee though. I guarantee you that. So let's just sit back. San Antonio. Yeah. Don't take DeJounte Murray. We were, we were a budding, you know, we had a shot at the playoffs with them. The hell are we going to do? Take them. We'll be a step ahead of all you guys dueling it out, slapping each other for, you know, a chance to lose in the second round and we'll just be at the top of the lottery. Maybe get this generational prospect. And that sucks away the competition from it. If you had two more teams where you don't, you know, that divides the competition a little bit, you have guys on their own teams now who are going to take pride in that and be like, yeah, we're new, but I've been waiting to show that I can tangle with anybody and I'm going to leave this team now that doesn't have, you know, three, four former all-stars on it. And we're going to make a name for ourselves. I'm making a name for myself. And that will increase the competition all around. I think that that is in the very near future. I don't think we get to 2025 without an expansion announcement. And it's been over 20 years. No, I'm, I, I am interested. I think, I think the, but the, the talent top, is as deep as ever. Definitely. Definitely. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. Expansion would be interesting. I, 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 <clears throat> then you'll I, get some separation between teams. You'll have teams where it's oh, like, yeah. no, they clearly aren't as talented. And they'll reboot from a good year in the lottery and have a shot next year versus, you know, this team's just going to hang on to their guys and the cap's going to keep going up and they're going to keep adding players somehow and there's no touching them. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. I also would be interested. I know the new CBA regulations and revisions came out, so it's like, I need to take a closer look at that. I, yeah. I really want to see what impact. Yeah, that, that has new on. tournament. That new tournament is weird. I, we will talk about that yeah. in the days in the in the shows to come. But for now, playoffs, baby, playing on Tuesday. Let's get it. Get the popcorn ready. Yeah, Spice folks, we will uh try to get on as soon as we can when the time is right. But we'll probably let this episode breathe for at least this week oh, yeah. and see what we get next week which is let's you know let the games begin i agree
I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot of people have been looking forward to it. It's felt like a long season almost. It's felt very long. So, you know, let's let's cut to it now. Let's see who's made and let's see yeah. who's 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 needs to go back to the drawing board. That's that on that. Cool. Till next time. Till next time, my dude.